It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. Responding to a health crisis, obesity and diabetes. Rose Gowan. You know, we have found here that even in the poorest among us, they want to feel better and they want better for their family and they're willing to listen to options and ideas. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? So, Jim, on most of our shows, we talk about national, even global problems. But today, let's go local. We're going to Brownsville, Texas, which is a city with much higher poverty levels and lower levels of education than most of the country. And they have a major health problem. Right. Very high rates of diabetes and, and obesity in a population that's poor and largely Hispanic. But they've had a creative and very interesting response to that. But the reason we're talking about this today is they're doing some really exciting things about it. And our guest is Dr. Rose Gowan. She's an obstetrician gynecologist who is now a city commissioner. She joins us via Skype from Brownsville. Welcome, Rose. Thank you. Why is this such a big problem, diabetes and, and obesity, in Brownsville and in other communities in South Texas along the Mexican border? It's entirely related to, to the fact that our, our eating habits along the border have gone away from the natural foods, vegetables and the fruits, and we're leaning towards processed foods. So our food choices are not great. Um, the, the other factor is that we don't exercise on a regular basis. We don't walk to school. We don't ride our bikes to school. We get in the car for even one-mile trips to grab a gallon of milk or whatever um, the, the case may be. What is diabetes? There are two types of diabetes. Type 1 is otherwise known as juvenile onset diabetes. is when your pancreas simply stops working and you can't produce insulin and you will uh, not be able to live past a week or two without insulin into your regime. Type 2 diabetes, which is the one that is related to obesity, um, it involves a genetic tendency, and, and that tendency is made into a reality if you eat poorly and you're not active and you become overweight. Therefore, your pancreas is able to make insulin, but not enough to cover the, the food that you take. So the numbers are pretty alarming. We read that something like 80% of Brownsville residents are obese or overweight. And it's 
pushed by the high rates of poverty in the area? Well, there's two factors. One is that 70% of our people are not insured. And so um, access to care is a huge economic burden for them. But we also know that when so many people have diabetes and or have to care for those who have diabetes, they're not able to work as much or as long and contribute to the local economy. So we know from studies that $250 million a year is lost in wages because of diabetes in our area. And you're saying there's a negative feedback loop there, that the diabetes also makes it harder for people to uh, climb up out of that low-income situation. Yes, because even if you achieve your education and achieve your job, you are often pulled out of the workforce early because of complications or disabilities. So what's your personal story? You're an obstetrician gynecologist, now a city commissioner. How did that come about? Well, my father and his family were all from Brownsville, and I was born and raised here. And pretty much all of my father's side of the family has diabetes. And I began to be very concerned with respect to not just myself, but my children and what kind of legacy we were going to leave behind for the next generation. So you have very high rates of type 2 diabetes in Brownsville. Now, this is a problem all over the country, but it's somewhat more acute in your area that has a a majority Hispanic population. Um, There appears to be some genetic tendency in Hispanic populations, increasing the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And this is made much worse if eating choices are poor and if the person is inactive. So the more overweight they are, if they have this genetic tendency, they are more likely to develop diabetes. So there in Brownsville, you kind of have a double whammy. You have a population that's poor and uh, pushed into some unhealthy habits, partly as a result of that, and then also a majority Hispanic population, which may be somewhat more vulnerable to these illnesses. Yes, they combine together to, to make it a perfect storm almost. How does poverty, which is very widespread um, in your community, and, and processed food, how are they linked to obesity? Well, if you walk into any grocery store, probably in America, but certainly here, organic fruits and vegetables are going to be more expensive than, um, than those that are not. And so it's, it's much cheaper to purchase processed foods. Sugary drinks are much cheaper than the more healthy varieties. And so if you don't have a high income, you're more apt to buy um, things that are cheaper to keep your family fed. So you were observing this as a physician in Brownsville, and at some point you said you wanted to have a bigger impact, and you decided to run for the city commission. How did you make that decision? I was involved in one of the first initiatives that the School of Public Health um, came to us with, and that was bringing back a farmer's market. South Texas is hugely agricultural and historically agricultural, and, and it made no sense that we didn't have a farmer's market any longer. So I was the one that would interact with the city officials trying to acquire the right-of-way to be able to hold the market in the park. And then there was a lot of red tape, and I became frustrated with that. So I decided one of the ways that I needed to participate was to try and change some of those policies. And the only way you can do that is if you're on the inside and, and part of those policymakers. I'm fascinated about farmer's markets because I've traveled a fair bit in Mexico, and farmer's markets are very common in Mexico. But you're saying that just across the border in Brownsville, 
that there were no farmers markets. What's going on there? Well, I think the United States as a whole but uh, have have seen a decline in farmers markets after refrigeration happened. And um, you can go to the grocery store now and buy whatever vegetable you want whenever you'd like it. It doesn't have to necessarily be in season. And so uh, I think Americans saw declining uh, farmers markets from that day forward. So you so you started your farmers market. So what was the next step? We have put in uh, many, many, many miles of bike lanes, about 100 miles of bike lanes and bike trails throughout the city, which did not exist even five years ago. Did you get any pushback on that? And if so, how did you deal with it? There was some political backlash. Um, however, we kind of took them by surprise. We made some changes under the radar before anybody really noticed what we were doing. And then we started our Ciclovia program, which um, got people into the streets and got people buying a bicycle if they didn't have one. And so even though there began a little bit of rumbling at times, depending on the area of town, all of a sudden there were these people using the bike lanes. And so it was became hard to complain when when the users were there and you could see the benefit of it. So the Ciclobia program you're talking about was uh, something that had started in Colombia. It's sort of a bike festival uh, where you close down the streets for a day and encourage people to come out and, and walk or run or ride their bikes. How has that worked? It's been very um, embraced by the community, all income levels. And we've surveyed and count each time we hold one. And we can prove that people do increase their physical activity after experiencing a ciclovia by bike. One thing I noticed in reading up on your program, you got the zoning change to require that new developments include sidewalks. Yes, there was an ordinance previously that required residential areas to put in sidewalks, but there was nothing that required retail areas to put in sidewalks. So there are areas of town, for instance, with a neighborhood right next to a mall But you can't walk there because there's no way to walk there. You'd have to get in your car and drive around the block to get to the mall. And that has a double public health impact here in the New York area. A lot of pedestrians wind up getting killed, and many poor Hispanic immigrants who don't have cars are walking along dangerous streets that don't have sidewalks to get to and from their job. So making sure that there's sidewalks leading out to the mall or other areas could be a a really crucial thing to contribute to public. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Help. Now, what do you say to people who say, well, poor people aren't going to be interested in a farmer's market or a bike lane. They've got other issues that are much more present in their lives. 
You know, we have found here that even in the poorest among us, they want to feel better and they want better for their family and they're willing to listen to options and ideas. So everything that we plan, we plan to be accessible and affordable to the poorest among us and they're listening. And if it's affordable and accessible, they will try it. And they've embraced the possibilities that we've offered them. Now, you mentioned making sure that your programs are appropriate to to your population. I know you run some cooking classes and you make a real effort to make sure that you're showing people ways of cooking some of their traditional Mexican dishes or, or, or Southwestern dishes, but in healthier ways. Yes, we have a program called Cocina Alegre, which translates to the Happy Kitchen. And they work in conjunction with the farmer's market in our community gardens to teach folks how to prepare the vegetables that they're growing and in a healthy, in a healthy way and incorporate vegetables into the traditional Hispanic um, meals. We also partner with the school district and their parent advisory group which is basically thousands of mothers. There are 50,000 children in our school district, so you can imagine all of the mothers. And we take them in groups to learn about healthy eating and active living, and they take field trips to the farmer's markets and, and so forth. Any recipes you want to share with us? <laughs> there's, there's too many to name one. <laughs> now, Brownsville, Texas is pretty poor, and perhaps doesn't have access to a lot of funds. So how did you get the money to build uh, bike trails that are you know, relatively expensive? Well, what happened when I was first elected is I went to my public health friends and I said, you guys need to help me find some money because I'm new. They're not going to give me money and I'm going to need some help. So the School of Public Health runs a summer science intern program, and one of their interns was tasked with finding funds. And what this young man did, he went and evaluated what 11 cities in Texas of similar size had done with respect to capturing grant dollars, and Brownsville was dead last. And with that information, I was able to go to city council and say, look, we need a grant writer. So now, seven years later, we have a fully funded grant team that is partnering with other partners in the community to find money. And we have really done well at building partnerships so that no one entity has to carry the burden of building anything. Um, We've also been able to reserve 10% of our street funds for bike peds initiatives. And we've used that 10% to leverage as matching funds on those grants that I mentioned. So we've been able to do very well without touching the general fund to create the bike lanes and the trail. Now, part of that finding of money is linking people who are uninsured to medical programs so that they do have access to care. Yes, and the state of Texas did not accept uh, Medicaid expansion. So Texas does have a program called the DISRIP Projects. And so communities are tasked with finding collaborative ways to increase access to care. And we have many DISRIP projects functioning in Cameron and Hidalgo County to increase access to care and connect patients to a patient-centered medical home. So what's the lesson here for other communities that may be listening to this and going, you know, we would also like to have a major wellness initiative in, in our town or city? 
So I would say there's three lessons that we've learned. One is to follow science. Don't make an arbitrary decision, but, you know, connect with your public health officials and find out scientifically what should you be focusing on. Secondly, find and develop partners because alone you will not get as far and it will cost too much money to accomplish anything. And three is to start something. All too often plans sit on the shelf too long and they just get forgotten and you begin to find more reasons not to do something than to do something. So get started. Rose, I got two questions in one. Two big questions. Um, How much of a difference do you think you've made and where are you going next with this? Well, the difference that we have made is is huge. There was never one city council meeting before 2007 that health was a focus. There were no wellness meetings. There was no wellness coordinator for the city of Brownsville. And there were not 64 miles of trails throughout the city. There was no farmer's market. And there was no community advisory board that met quarterly with 200 people all interacting and networking together to provide and produce a culture of health in our community. So we think the impact has been huge. With respect to Next Step, we we will continue to go forward. We are now working on a plan to connect neighboring cities within the county so that we can move throughout the county without having to drive a car, both for fun and for commuting purposes. We'll continue to provide and, and develop programming for those that are poorest among us. And what we found out is that those that are not poor actually enjoy the same program. So it's worked out pretty well. Okay, Rose, good good tourist promotion for Brownsville. Thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome. Anytime. Have a great day. Such an inspiring story, and it shows that a community can make a real difference. You know, we've been talking so much on how do we fix it, about national and international issues. And yet, very often, it's local communities that can make a difference. And I think that if there was more participation in local initiatives, it would lead to real changes and improvements, not just in health and in wellness, but in other areas as well. And I think this is the the Brownsville example in a community where the poverty rate is double that of the rest of Texas, and way higher than in most of the country. You would think they don't have many resources, but they've done a terrific job. It also shows you how when something's local and it's focused on local needs and local information, you know, it doesn't always take massive amounts of money. It sometimes, you know, there's opportunities to do some really important things on a small scale, at least that start on a small scale and build. And this is not just about government. This is about reaching out and involving the whole community. And, you know, there's been such a big debate about the proper role of government in public health and encouraging healthier behavior. A Mayor Bloomberg in New York City got a lot of pushback for some of the, the attempts to limit the size of the sugary drinks you can get. So here's something where instead of a coercive approach, it's an encouraging approach. Yeah, well, you're, you're a squishy libertarian. So I right. mean, usually you don't want the government to be more involved in people's lives. I want the government to make a good life possible and not get in the way. You know, I prefer the nudge to the cudgel. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, if so, but for example, sometimes there's a good role for, for, for zoning or appropriate regulation. So 
you know, her idea or the of making sure that new development, even shopping malls or industrial development, includes sidewalks. This is something you see in the area where I live all the time. Major roads without sidewalks, and and you see pedestrians, usually poor people, because they're the only ones who don't have cars, forced out on the street. But you also see it harder for kids to get places on foot. You know, you just discourage the old-fashioned idea that you could walk a quarter mile to the store by how you build. It's not a massive government program. It's just a tweak to the the zoning rules that in the long run helps everybody and encourages healthier, safer behavior. I'm also really struck by how creative Brownsville has been in seeking grants and going out and finding sources of money because very often it's quite surprising how much of a difference can be made, for instance, in the field of, of drugs by pharmaceutical companies or in the area of just trying to get funding for healthy initiatives, whether it's bike lanes or farmers markets. Right. Right, right. I was also really impressed with the efforts they make to be culturally appropriate and how they reach out to people. You know, you, you have a, a 90% Hispanic population. There are a lot of people who don't speak English. And um, and so working with them with the foods that they're comfortable with, don't say you've got to get rid of everything you're eating and change everything. And, and I think that's important. I think sometimes these programs can go too far. Like some of the school lunch programs, when my wife used to teach in a high school they were attempting to follow these very strict rules of, you know, zero salt. And they wouldn't even let the kids have a slice of pizza because it had too much fat. Like, compared to what the kids were eating, a slice of pizza is health food. You know, compared to the bags of candy kids were bringing to school instead of eating the, the approved lunch. Sometimes you got to compromise a little bit well, to I make think, sure that you don't completely push people away. And I think this is the importance of it being local. If it mm-hmm. comes from the community, rather than it being a top-down, state-mandated approach, Wait, it's much more likely to be successful. You're starting to sound like me, Rich. Well, yes, <laughs> but I like government. I just don't want government to be impersonal. It's, it's you know, what uh, Steve Hilton was talking about when it comes to being more human. And, if, if, if it comes from the bottom up, up, I think it's much more likely to be successful. And people who are interested in this might want to go back to our, our very early podcast with Philip K. Howard, who also talked about making government more responsive, more local, uh, more flexible, instead of just uh, having e- you know federal edicts handed down to try to change behavior. Our show is How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. Our producers, Miranda Schaefer, and our audio engineer, Denise Barbarita. Here at the beautiful Mono Lisa Studios in Uptown Manhattan. And let's give a plug for the music, which is by Lou Stravinsky. And our show is produced by Davies Content. We make digital audio for businesses and nonprofits. Check out our website at DaviesContent.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.